0: Guy with SJ. Wellfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry in his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man, Pastor Larry, fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor. From there, later in life, he ended up becoming a school teacher. Very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue-collar, white-collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Larry. Glad to have you with us. We are in the book of Joshua. We're talking about how to be strong in the Lord. And Joshua is facing an enemy as he was going into the promised land. And God gave him instruction on how not to be afraid, how to be strong and courageous. And we're taking those principles and we're applying them to our life in our spiritual battle with the enemy with Satan and his demons. Human beings are not our enemy. Our neighbors are not our enemy. The politicians are not our enemy. Education is not our enemy. It's the satanic influences that get behind all of those who do not know Jesus Christ and even utilizes Christians who are not aware of Satan's devices. They're not walking with Christ. They're not believing in His Word. Because God has elevated His truth above even His name. The Word of God is the expression of the very will of God. And that's where we left off. We're, we were talking about the principle of, from Joshua of ruminating on God's precepts. Where God instructed Joshua, and I read this, I'm going to read it again in Joshua chapter 1. And I will read that as soon as I find it here. Joshua one eight. it says, quote, This book of the law, and you can substitute the word of God in there because it's synonymous, shall not depart out of thy mouth. It means they're speaking it, it's in your mouth. You're to be teaching it. You're to be telling it to others. That's a principle also we can apply. Also make sure your life is consistent with the Word of God. But thou shalt meditate. That takes discipline. Meditate. Think about what you're reading. Jot down notes. Meditate on God's Word. So it talks about rumination or Meditating is a word ruminate. It means to chew it over and over. You're rereading it. Because the word of God is alive and quick and powerful and sharp to, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. So, we cannot minimize God's word in this battle. That's what he tells Joshua. It's to be in your mouth. That's one principle here. But thou shalt meditate, chewing upon it. And how long? Day and night, continually. How much time do we spend watching TV? How much time do we spend spend reading books? How much time do we do this and that? Oh, I'm just as guilty as you are, friends. I find myself in my garden, and I love the garden. And I wake up, and, or I wake up, uh, figuratively speaking, say, "Hey, I not read my Bible today. I haven't got a word from God yet." And God expresses His will through His word. So, to be meditate, chew it up, ruminate on it, day and night. And what does that cause you and I to do? Listen to what He finishes telling Joshua: "That thou mayest observe to do." Excuse me. That thou mayest observe to do. So the important things is like James says, don't be hearers of the word, but be ye doers of the word. So when you're in your Bible and you're meditating and you're thinking and you're reading, excuse me. You're observed to say, what, God, do you want me to do? What is your instructions? What's my marching orders today? How do I overcome Satan in this area, and that area? That's being practical, my friends. And according to all that is written, God told Joshua, not just parts of it, we're not cherry pickers, so to speak. We don't just pick out this and that, and we'll believe this and not believe that. It's a whole counsel of God. It's all of the Word of God. When I was in the Marine Corps, I didn't tell my commanders, well, I'll do that if I want to, and I won't do that, or I will do this. I'll just obey you part of the time and not all the time. That resulted in a heavy discipline, if I would even attempt that. And so our commander, Jesus Christ, who is a lot of, of a lot higher order, than what my commanders in the Marine Corps were. God means what He says. You want to be successful? You want to be victorious? We have to uh, meditate, to observe, to do all that is written, not just part of it. And this is what God's promise is. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, that was promise, again, was given to Israel for physical blessings in the land of good crops, of rain, and so on, so on. You can read that in the Old Testament. It's not promising you and I good success, that we'll have money, we'll have fame, we'll have everything you want. No, it's talking, as Paul talks in Ephesians, it's spiritual blessings. You want to feel fulfilled in the abundant life as a Christian. These things we must do, these principles we must do in order to be successful in this warfare. Be strong! Be not afraid! Again, Ephesians 6.10 But again, here is your sword, the word of God, as he told, said to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8. And you're to ruminate, you're to meditate, you're to chew on it all day and night and to observe to do what it says all the time. We are to be busy in God's word if we were to be successful in our battle. Well, you say, um, I don't understand it. Well, ask God. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. He'll give to all men liberally. The excuse will not work. There are so many helps out there to help you understand, to aid you in your Bible studies. Many books, there's many uh, uh, online resources you can have. Take a course on how to understand your Bible, Bible interpretation. It would behoove you to do that for your own success in this spiritual battle. You know, there's coming a day that might but the Word of God might be scarce, and that you might be persecuted for having the Bible. So it's good to meditate and to memorize and put into our minds its principles. I'm not going to talk much more now about the Word of God, and I will, but at um, a later time we'll get more in-depth, because I've said these things before, but I need to emphasize it, because it's in, it's in the first chapter of Joshua. So, how to overcome your fear and become strong in the Lord? Lord, Number one, recon your enemy's prevailing persistence. Two, realize God's presence. Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. In John 17, verses 20 through 23, Jesus says neither I pray for these alone his apostles but for them you and I also which shall believe on me through their word that they may be one as our father are in me and I in thee that they also may be one and here's the next phrase in us so that power of God is available if we're in Christ. God that's promised it. We have to believe it as his children. He's not left us alone in the wilderness that we call the world, because that's the wilderness. Number two principle, not only does it realize God's presence, number two, ruminate or meditate on God's precepts. Israel is going into a wicked, pagan, sinful place full of violence and evil. Kind of sounds like our world, doesn't it? Brings me to my next point. And all these are interconnected with the presence and precepts of God. And the third point is this. Recall the promises of God. And I'm going to read those. It's in Joshua 1, 2 and 3. It says in Joshua 1, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then... You and all these people get ready across the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place for your foot as I promised Moses. So recall the promises of God in your life. We can all go back and realize in in the scriptures all the promises of God. I have a book that's called 50 Promises of God. And it's, in, it's 50 verses It makes a promise to the believer. And this is hinged on knowing God's Word. Notice how they're all interconnected. Many, many promises to the believer in the Word of God. There's no reason that a believer cannot access these marvelous and assuring promises to God's children. Hey, you having a problem with fear? Get out of concordance now. A concordance. I have a big one called uh, what is it? Uh, Strong's exhaustive concordance. It has every every word in the Bible. Look up the word fear. Look up the word afraid. This is how you do a little Bible study. Look it up and find out what God says about it. What does God promise about it? So God promised you the big promise. He promised you heaven that He'll get you there. If we have to navigate it ourselves, we have we'd have a lot of dif- difficulty. So He gave us His Holy Spirit to help us navigate heaven. That's a promise. I have a book called um, uh, It's in my library here. Preaching on Heaven. Get your book like that. There's lots of scripture verses on those promises. Thrill your soul to this place that you're going to. This will embolden you. This will give you confidence. This will give you assurance. These are all based on the promise of God. Prepare yourself for the battle, please. Let God's presence and power and promises go before you. And this, like I say, they're all interconnected. This will bring me to my fourth point. And that is this respond, and I mentioned this previously respond to God to practice what the scriptures say. And again, it says, This book of the law in Joshua 1 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. And believe me, this is a sticky point for a lot of believers. You do not read or I do not read the Bible study God's word just to be smarter than somebody else or to win an argument or show my intellect or try to look and act more holier than others. No, no, no. That's not the reason, my friends. The reason for Bible study and reading is for me to put it into practice. You know, in the book of Ephesians, we're going to look at some of these passages later on. the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, the word obey is found four times. And like I said, the book of Ephesians is all interconnected with a spiritual battle. So obedience to your commander is a spiritual armor that you put on you must obey. Jesus made a statement. He says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Do not say you love me if you do not what I say. So, obedience. We get into Bible study and reading. is for me to put it into practice. It's for you to put it into practice. The Bible tells me what to do and not, and what not to do. There's a positive and a negative. Oh, I just accentuate the positives, you might say. No, 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 You have to accentuate the not so positive too, or the not. You know, all the 10 commandments are negative, except maybe for, well, the first commandment's negative. But all the 10 commandments are negative. We find positive and negative actually in just electricity. That's just my opinion. So, Are we ignoring our scriptures? Is our enemy winning over us? Maybe it's because of lack of the scriptures. And you know what happens when we don't have the scriptures in our life? We find ourselves getting wrapped up into the world's way of doing things, the way the world runs things. Most, most of the time is against what God says. There are ex, uh, plenty of examples of this today, and if you would trace it back in this history of the church, when a church or person begins to minimize the scriptures or starts to believe that it is not inspired of God, the enemy is one. We have knocked the foundation from under us and the professing church will not survive. We want to be a possessing church, one who possesses the kingdom of God, not just a professing one. We have to do what the Bible says. The Bible is our authority; it's our handbook; it's any other word. You can it's our instruction manual, and we're not exercising our spiritual muscles and progressing into mature believers. We will become defeated and fearful Christians if we're not observing to do what's in the Word of God. Anytime you look in the Scriptures and you find about being mature, you'll have it, you'll read it as it's connected with this Christian as he's in the Word of God. You know, the baby is just feeding on milk, cannot defend itself. Well, some Christians just come to the point of their salvation, which is fine, which is wonderful. But if they stay that way and all they do is talk about how they got saved and can give you no other scriptures besides their testimony getting saved, he's probably been feeding on milk. So a Christian that's just feeding on milk cannot defend himself. He's like a baby, to use the illustration. He's like a baby, and he needs somebody else to protect him. But we want to be able to stand, as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6. Three times he says, stand. We don't want to be crawling around as infants. We need to stand. God does not want us to remain in that stage of our spiritual lives. In case you hear that dog in the background, that's one of my spiritual battles that I fight. <laughs> That dog barking all the time. So you just have to listen through it. So listen to what Paul says to the Corinthian believers. He says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. He's talking to believers. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. We don't want that to be said about us. You are still worldly. You ever met worldly Christians? I have. And the reason they're worldly, because they don't spend time with God in His Word and observing to do all that He has written. That's what it boils down to. So, if you read on in that book of Corinthians, the believers at Corinth were indulging in all types of sins, incest, who was the greatest teacher, suing each other, sexual immorality, divorce, lack of self-discipline, idolatry, homosexuality, abusing the Lord's Supper, and the list could go on and on and on. And the cause of all this is because they did not follow the word of God as taught through the apostles' teaching, especially Paul's. Satan was having a field day at the Corinthian church. They were just, as we're talking about, they were just plain disobedient and not doing God's word. They were not living up to their high calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Paul's commands the Ephesian Christians in the, back in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul says, I beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. Ephesians 5, 1. Be therefore followers of God and walk in love. Walk as children of light. Walk circumspectly or in wisdom. All this walking, if you examine chapter 5 carefully, is our obedience to God's revealed will, namely His Word. So, for today, my friends, we're going to stop here. And we'll cover the last two points in the last message. And we'll be done with Joshua, and we'll get back to the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. Thanks for listening today. God bless.